1: Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code RotoWire when you deposit for a free contest entry today. It is Thursday, September 17th. Week two of the NFL season is on the horizon. First game tonight, Jake. Uh, Clay Link, along with Jake Latarski, Follow Jake on Twitter at Jakeski52. I'm at Clay W Link. Uh, heard Nick Whalen ask. Uh, Mike Doria this on yesterday's podcast but how'd you do on uh, your first week yeah
2: uh, I, I talked about this a little bit on Tuesday but for the Thursday listeners I'll, I'll give it a quick summary I went two and three unfortunately uh, one of my leagues top score great everything's good a couple of those leagues where I I don't know I have some sort of combination of Todd Gurley Arian Foster and Mike Evans and wasn't quite at full strength but I built a lot of these teams for the playoffs so not looking down yet how about you Clay?
1: You know, my MFL league's really good. My, my standard league's not so good, two and three as well. I mean, it's a situation where I won my big money hometown league, so that was good. Last year I went four and one, but my one loss was my big hometown league, and so that was uh, – I feel better actually this year because I'm with you. I have a lot of shares of Foster, a lot of shares of Gurley. Good news really on both fronts Both fronts, with, yeah, with, with those guys, Gurley especially – uh, practicing in, in full doesn't sound like he's gonna necessarily give it a go this week. And even if he were to be a surprise activation, I'd imagine he'd be at a very strict, you know, pitch count, snap mm-hmm. count. But uh, and Foster, it looks like he's doing pretty well. Didn't practice Wednesday, but uh, and there's you know the Houston Chronicle speculating that he may not be back until week five. Yep. But I think you know I'm betting on him returning sooner than that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, given the original four to six week timetable, I mean he's essentially right on track to do that. A lot of reports are saying, you know, he's going to be out there and ready to go ahead of time. I wouldn't jump the gun too much, but fantasy owners at least have reason for optimism in this area.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Interesting game tonight. Broncos at Chiefs. Chiefs three-point favorites at home, over-under at 41.5. Broncos' defense looked great last week. Mm -hmm. I really do believe in this unit. Chiefs as well. I mean, meanwhile, their, their offense looked pretty good. Still no wide receiver touchdowns, but Travis Kelsey... Absolutely monster game. Are you expecting a repeat from him or are you expecting a more modest production this time around?
2: I mean, I don't think he'll be, he can't be a top 2 3 tight end every week, can he? Uh, but at the same time, I I, I could see a good 80 yards in a touchdown game tonight again. Probably a much tougher defense than he played the first time around.
1: Yeah, it's going be, gonna to be tougher, but uh, I think and they're probably going to game plan around him uh, mm-hmm. to really take him out of the equation, but. Same time, PPR, I think he'll be peppered with targets. I still think mm-hmm. he's a must-start. Yeah,
2: yeah, I'm thinking Macklin gets maybe a little bit more involved as the season goes on. Maybe not necessarily this week, but those two should see a relatively even target share, I would think, the rest of the way out. I mean, Kelsey has the experience with, with Alex Smith that, that maybe Macklin doesn't quite have, but at the same time, Macklin's by far their most talented whiteout. When they want to move the chains and get the ball down the field especially, uh, they're probably looking towards Macklin.
1: One thing I just want to throw out there, just getting back to Foster real quick, just because I'm just seeing this now on the site. Did return to practice Thursday oh, today, so good that's good to see. Not expected to play Sunday. Uh, I imagine he was probably limited, but the first step toward him getting back on the field. And imagine yep. if if he practiced. Uh, all of next week he'd have a real chance to go in week Mm -hmm. three but
2: yeah can we talk about another injured back real quick maybe slightly injured Uh, CJ Anderson for the Broncos uh, he's listed as questionable for tonight but uh, ESPN Adam Schefter believes he's on track to suit up the question in my mind is is how much will he be limited on the short week especially he was really I mean now the running back made much noise in week one but he really outperformed Ronnie Hillman so if you're in a pinch and have a lot of those injured guys I think uh Ronnie Hillman might be a reasonable flex spot tonight but I, I wouldn't go out of my way to start him over an established guy.
1: Yeah, I think he'd be a flex option if if you're in a real pinch but I'm not expecting a whole lot from him. uh Troy Rankin of the Denver Post suggested recently that CJ Anderson may be less than 100% and on a short week only logical that you know he'd probably lose some carries to Hillman but uh, we'll know for sure Anderson's status about an hour and a half before game time. When inactives come out, that'll be interesting. Uh, You mentioned Macklin. Do you think – I mean, I I think he's a guy you're probably going to start as a wide receiver three, but do you think he's like a must start? Or do you think it's kind of uh, – there's some better options out there for most owners?
2: I mean, not necessarily a must start, but I think if you drafted him – whatever position you drafted him was probably early enough that you planned on a wide receiver two or three in the one. I do have one share of Macklin and I'm I'm still using him in my flex this week.
1: Nice. We'll move on to Sunday's games. Texans at Panthers, Panthers three point favorites at home uh, over under at 40, Uh, pretty low over under there. Not uh, Vegas, not expecting a ton of points, but uh, DeAndre Hopkins, big week last week. Uh, Nice to see even with uh, the offense, you know, scuffling Uh, Brian Hoyer, I mean, disaster in the first half. Ryan Mallett takes over. Uh, Offense looked a little better. Of course, uh, Mallett getting the start this week. I I think it's going to be interesting. I think that helps Hopkins. Uh, But does it maybe hurt some of those other guys like Shorts and and Nate Washington for for Houston?
2: I I don't know. I I think you can expect something roughly the same uh, as opposed to the production that they all had last week. Hopkins is a guy that, yeah, I guess you can say it helps him a little bit. But at the same time, Hopkins, it it just doesn't matter who's throwing him the ball. He's Mm -hmm. proven that with the inconsistency at the quarterback position week in and week out. He's an absolute wide receiver one uh, this week, giving him a go. I'm a little bit more concerned about uh, the Panthers on the other side of the ball.
1: Yeah, Cam Newton, I mean, there's just not a lot of weapons there. Devin Funchess, major disappointment. I know a lot of people are advocating to hold him. I don't really – I mean, he is a big guy, reds on target, but I don't know. I think it's uh, definitely justifiable if you want to cut bait there. What about Newton, though, given the lack of options? uh, Texans do present a pretty tough matchup, really, even Mm -hmm. though this is at home. Are you starting Newton this week?
2: I – I'm in a league actually where I have Cam Newton and Carson Palmer, and that was an easy decision for me to bench Cam Newton in favor of Carson Palmer. He's got a really fantastic matchup. Even though it's on the road, he's going to head to Chicago, play a pretty dreadful Bears defense. So I like Carson Palmer. Uh, very much not only in daily on DraftKings I think he's sitting at like 6700 on DraftKings so he's a pretty good quarterback play Uh, but most definitely over Cam Newton I'm sitting him wherever I can not necessarily a guaranteed sit because if you're sitting in 14 16 even some 12 team leagues uh, the backup might not be there but I mean if you have a backup that's the caliber of Palmer or even a Marcus Mariota I think you throw them out Mm -hmm. there before Cam Newton this week
1: yeah that's interesting that's a it's quite a fall for Newton. You know, he was v- plenty valuable when he had no receivers before Benjamin got there, but it seems like it's a little different now. It's mm-hmm. uh, Maybe they're being a little bit more conservative with him running, or maybe he is. Uh, it's just this offense looks pretty bad. What about Greg Olson? Do you think even if Newton does struggle... Uh, that Olson will get his.
2: I mean, Olson, uh pretty pitiful. I think he had under two fantasy points last week in just about all formats. Burned a lot of people in daily, especially for those who like that matchup against the Jaguars. Keep in mind, though, he... He got flagged for something pretty tacky, t- ticky-tacky in the end zone that could have uh, that could have got him a touchdown. There were a couple more targets in there. I'm not worried about Greg Olson yet. I was pretty high on him this year because he is, at this point, especially in the early going, he is Cam Newton's top target in that offense. So I like him to bounce back. Uh, I think this week is, is plenty good opportunity. I don't expect a huge performance from him, but as time passes over the next couple of weeks, he'll start to get some steady receptions.
1: What about Jonathan Stewart, real quick? You starting him in this matchup?
2: It's a tough matchup, but I think he is a viable RB2 in a in, in, in some deeper formats, I think. I do have to start him in one place, and I, I guess just shrugging my shoulders and moving on. Fingers just, crossed, hoping for the best.
1: The volume should be there, at, mm-hmm. at least. Move on here. Niners at Steelers. Steelers, six-point favorites at home, over under 45.5. Now, Carlos Hyde, impressive last week, but still very cheap on DraftKings. Uh, fifty one hundred by comparison. I mean, D'Angelo Williams is uh, fifty three hundred. So it's yep. it's kind of uh, crazy that you know that price hasn't jumped really much at all since you know after that breakout game last week. But in uh, the Steelers, you know their defense definitely not not that great, definitely mm-hmm. not as good as you know that reputation is that they have there in Pittsburgh uh, defensively, but. Mm-hmm. Are you expecting a repeat here? Is he kind of a must-play on DraftKings, just given that price?
2: I mean, the Steelers get a lot of credit for their offensive play, but the reason why they have so many fantasy weapons on offense is because the defense is not expected to be that good this year. And I think Carlos Hyde, now, of course, after week one, they're going to game plan for him, I'd imagine, uh, just as much as you would have to for Kaepernick or any of the weapons on the receiving core. But Carlos Hyde at 5,100, I think he's almost a must-play. He'll be in all my DraftKings lineup. But the only the only downside there is his ownerships going to be incredibly high. I could see him creeping up into thirty, forty, even fifty percent ownership because mm-hmm. of the price. And he's someone whose value depends at least a little bit on on Reggie Bush. Uh, Bush, we don't know a whole lot about yet. Uh, he missed a walkthrough on Wednesday with his calf injury, uh, and I don't know maybe. I guess the report said he wouldn't have taken the field if they had an official practice, I guess you could say. So I'm counting on Bush missing this week, uh, and that and that only uh, bumps up Hyde's value for me.
1: You know, I'm probably fading Hyde in bigger tournaments, probably using him in cash games, 50-50s, whatnot. Uh, I just think it's too early. You know, we have all this preseason evaluation. Uh, we do it to death, you know. Mm-hmm. we We look at everything. Uh, I think it's one game is is too early to jump the gun and say Hyde's a top ten running back. I wanna see more maybe it's just the Vikings run D is not particularly good, you know. Yeah, that could it's, very well it's be something it. where I, I don't wanna make any huge, you know, assumptions after one week. I still think that price is definitely te- uh, appealing. And you know, if you are playing a fifty fifty him as you know, your R B two is very a very good good play. Sound play. But I'd rather probably pay up a little more Uh, For a bounce-back candidate, maybe like Justin Forsett, somebody Mm -hmm. like that who I think is a better bet uh, long-term to to turn in production, and probably on a week-to-week basis. But Hyde, impressive. Not trying to take away from what he did. I just want to see more before I'm willing to uh, lock him in in bigger tournaments. But we'll move on here. Buccaneers at Saints. Saints' big favorites at home, 11 points over under 47. Saints' biggest favorite on the entire slate this weekend. Uh you know, Buccaneers really looked pretty pretty pathetic against against the Titans, a team that I thought they would kind of walk all over. I thought they were a better team than the Titans. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the case and uh loved ASJ doing his little high step into the end zone down forty two to seven, but big game for him. Forty one hundred dollars on DraftKings. I I like this this option here, but tight end I think, you know, tight end is a strange position. I think people You know, obviously you got Gronk in a tier of his own, and you got kind of that second tier with Graham and Travis Kelsey, but I actually think it's pretty deep, you know? Eric Ebron, even a guy like Vernon Davis, who didn't have a great game last week, but 47 Mm. yards, I think in PPR formats, he's a decent option. Even
2: Tyler Eifert's a couple hundred dollars more, so there's the young tight ends are really breaking out so far.
1: Yeah, and there's just a lot of options, and you can stream, you know, week to week, but uh, ASJ, are you buying into a repeat this week?
2: I am a little bit hesitant, only because Mike Evans, who seventy four hundred dollars, by the way, he says his hamstring is one hundred percent. Of course, we all know after following football this long that what a player says is a lot different than the team's official designation for him on the injury report. So who knows? Maybe they can hold him out, but he sounds like he's feeling uh, very healthy, and when. Uh, james winston has that type of weapon to throw to you got to imagine that safarian jenkins maybe won't uh maybe doesn't have the same uh at least target count um uh, in that sense uh on uh, on the same page on the other side of the ball there i'm really liking brandon cooks i believe last i saw him was about 7100 of course that changes uh, a, a little bit here and there um but yeah i really like cooks for a bounce back this week i think he was hyped a lot coming into the season Didn't have the greatest week one against the Cardinals, but got a face full of Patrick Peterson with a little bit of Honey Badger mixed Mm -hmm. in there, and that's not good for any receiver uh, regardless of Cooks. But I think they get him going in the short passing game, and they definitely get him going in the long passing game. And I I find him to be a good – he's easily a wide receiver one in your season-long formats, and he just might be in those daily formats this week if you're not willing to pay up for uh, Antonio Brown or for Julio Jones or
1: something like that. Yeah, love Cooks so much in the PPR format. And the, the that price, you know, we talked about Hyde's price not creeping up. Cooks' price seems to have fallen a fair amount. I remember him being pretty highly priced last week, but I was putting my Millionaire Maker lineup together, and he was uh, the first guy I locked in. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's going to have a big game here. I also like Brandon Coleman as kind of a sleeper, kind of a, a tournament play. I yep. think he could get in on, on quite a few passes. And getting back to ASJ for a second – I'm with you. I think the targets will take a hit, but more importantly, the red zone targets. I mean, Mm -hmm. with Evans back, he's going to be the number one red zone guy. Absolutely. And and plus, one of Jenkins', Safarian Jenkins' touchdowns last week. Again, came in garbage time, a long one where it's kind of busted coverage. Can't bank on that every week.
2: Yeah, not to discount what he did. I still put in a pretty high bid for him. But, yeah, you, you have to imagine that he'll be the second option in the in the red zone this time around, of course, after Mike Evans. And who knows, Doug Martin was pretty much a dud in week one, and he could get back to it. I'm glad you mentioned Coleman, Clay, because I think he's a perfectly viable wide receiver three, even in a 12-team format. Mm. There's some leagues where I need to uh, – I mean, I'm in a tough spot because I took a couple – Got a couple shares of Martavis, Bryant, and we mentioned Gurley and Foster already, so the rosters are, some rosters are a little bit shorthanded, and I made sure to grab Brandon Coleman in the late rounds, and I think you can feel comfortable going out and starting the men.
1: Yeah, I wish I had more shares of him in season long, but definitely going to be rectifying that uh, in daily over the next several weeks. Uh, note here, C.J. Spiller did practice Wednesday, but it was on a limited basis, and sounds like his availability for Sunday still up in the air. Sh- Coach Sean Payton said, quote, well, we'll see, so... Uh, you know, even if he is active, even season long, deeper leagues, you're probably gonna have to. Uh, bite the bullet and sit him yet again, right?
2: Yeah, I would wait one week just to see his role in the offense, but if C.J. Spiller does sit and that's confirmed, if you're doing a daily lineup at uh, 10, 30, in the morning on Sunday, I guess central time I'm saying there, but uh, if you're doing an early morning lineup on Sunday and you notice C.J. Spiller inactive, Mark Ingram at 5,900 is an excellent yeah. play, especially in cash games. And then even Kyrie Robinson sitting at about $3,000. It's not a, a bad a tournament look. So
1: Yeah, I was surprised that in... – uh, Robinson was involved, but I was surprised how much Ingram was involved in the passing game. You mm-hmm. know, maybe it's maybe that'll completely go right. away once. I doubt he does that again. Yeah, he
2: even Spiller's gets close back. to a hundred yard receiving, especially yeah. when Spiller's back. But I think still he'll a remain involved
1: this week. But if Spiller's back, maybe not as much. But once Spiller, excuse me, Spiller's back at full strength, I think we'll see Ingram probably phased out a bit uh, in the passing game. Move on. NFC North battle here, Lions at Vikings. Vikings two and a half point favorites, over under forty three. Couple of veterans here, uh, Calvin Johnson, AP disappointing last week. Adrian Peterson, especially. I mean, this was a guy that you know, besides from aside from Le'Veon Bell, was really viewed as uh, the number one guy this year in fantasy again, uh, despite his age and being a year removed from taking live hits, but. You expecting a bounce back in this one for Peterson? You, you're not worried?
2: Yeah, I wouldn't be worried if I owned either of these guys, to be honest. I think Adrian Peterson ran into a defensive coordinator last week in San Francisco that has had plenty of chances to prepare for him and his running style and the Vikings' running scheme, and he's historically not really had success against that against that team. So I can brush that off as maybe some week one kind of still getting acquainted up to game speed. I mean, you got to remember that the guy— Hardly does a ton of full contact in practice. Hardly touches the ball if if he even played at all in the preseason. I can't remember exactly, but he usually doesn't. So I'll attribute week one to a a somewhat tough matchup as well as shaking the rust off. Same with Calvin Johnson. I'm a little bit worried about his overall target count last week. Excuse me, but none of the Lions receivers really had uh, huge games. Even Golden Tate kind of put up a dud. So I think Calvin Johnson bounces back, and he's still a top 10 receiver the rest of the way out.
1: Yeah, I would think so. I, I do think, you know, the lack of production is frustrating for owners, just given that I, I think I think Johnson's bound to miss a couple games this year. You know, as in recent years, he just, you know, maybe a nagging knee injury that he has to, you know, has to rest or, you know, he needs mm-hmm. a maintenance week or something like that. So, you know, you need him to pr- produce when on the field and just, you know, one week in the books – you know just one week but I, and I'm with you I still think he'll be uh, I'd say top 15 wide out for sure but uh you know week to week I think it may be he may be less consistent than we're used to seeing mentioned you know I think tight end is deeper than people think I do think e- Eric Ebron makes for a decent play here
2: even Kyle Rudolph yeah I mean very productive got his fair share of targets in week 1 Can't argue yeah. with that
1: I I don't know are you worried about you know, not just Peterson but like Teddy, did you drop Teddy Two Time in any leagues you have him in this week?
2: I don't own Teddy Two Two Gloves or whatever you want to say Teddy Two Time. I don't own him in any single season redraft formats. I do own him in a keeper league where I sniped him for two bucks at auction. Nice. So uh, it's too late for me. He'll eventually be on my chopping block if he doesn't show promise by week six, week seven. But for two dollars in a keeper league, if if he's anywhere even reasonably good, if he finds his way into the top fifteen, top. 12 especially like fantasy scoring he's a no-brainer keeper for me so i'm i'm just holding out on that hope i don't want to have to drop him and rebuy him on the waiver wire and have his contract go up quite a bit for next year so i'm gonna hang on to him just for that reason because holding out hope that he's a keeper but if we get halfway through and i haven't seen anything yet then i'm probably cutting bait and looking for another backup quarterback
1: i think that's more so on the coaching staff they look completely unprepared and uh, i'm a believer in teddy i mean he's so accurate They'll get he'll get it worked out, but it's just a matter of uh, you know maybe the coaching staff holds him back a little bit. We'll see. I'm not willing to cut bait. I held on to him in a 12 teamer as a second QB. Don't love it, and I could consider dropping him if he struggles again this week. But uh, I still think he he'll be uh, within the top 20 among QBs. Move on here. Cardinals at Bears. Cardinals two po- uh, point favorites on the road here. Over under 46. Now. You mentioned Carson Palmer, starting him over Cam Newton, but is he a guy you like in daily as well?
2: Yeah, I think the uh, the price point there for Carson Palmer is, is is spectacular. Even I mean, he's not even near the top ten in daily formats. You got to look. I mean, salary wise on DraftKings, the guy is the same salary as Philip Rivers that might be a little bit of a tough call but he's in the same ballpark as Matthew Stafford, Colin Kaepernick. Uh somehow Sam Bradford's still pretty cheap at 6900. I actually like him a lot. Uh in quarterbacks we'll get to that uh prospective shootout later but I think uh against the Bears with the with Ellington hurt, I mean Chris Johnson is actually a pretty decent play I would say. Um I don't have his exact salary in front. Oh, yeah, I do because I have him in my lineup. (laughs) That's why I couldn't find it. He's only 3,800 on DraftKings, and Bruce Arians doesn't seem to want to give the rookie David Johnson too prominent of a role yet. So I think Chris Johnson is going to be the workhorse against a pretty poor run defense. But if Chris Johnson can't get it done, they might look for more short passes with guys like uh, uh, John Brown, even uh, maybe get Michael Floyd a little bit more involved this week. He could be a little healthier. So I think Carson Palmer's got the options, and he'll be looking to throw more often than not, even even early on in the game, just if the running game isn't working for him.
1: Yeah, and this Bears secondary is awful, so I think uh, he makes her a very good play. Really love John Brown this week, uh, for sure. Like with Cooks, I'm probably going to be pairing those guys up in a lot of leagues uh, in a lot of daily formats. But you mentioned David Johnson. Arian's not really wanting to give him a uh, big role, You know, at least not gift wrap him a role, wants to make him earn it. I think he does earn it. I mean, he earned it on his one touch last week. Now, the fact yep. that he only had that one touch uh, is troubling. And I don't know if you can really justify starting him, but I think it's going to be a situation where maybe David Johnson earns it You know, in-game. Maybe it's game flow. Maybe Johnson, Chris Johnson, gets you the know, first couple series and maybe he doesn't do a lot. Maybe they throw David Johnson in there and he has a big game. So it's certainly somebody that I think should be owned everywhere. And as far as like a... A millionaire maker play? I mean, he's he's dirt cheap. PPR, I can could, I could certainly see him, you know, having a, a pretty good week and probably returning double digits if he does get, say, even – eight to ten touches
2: yeah and i'm very happy i the only place i own david johnson is in my keeper league and he was a he's a minimum price player so he could very well if he surpasses ellington towards the end of the year if ellington has a tough time staying healthy like we've seen over his career i mean chris johnson's a veteran but he's not going to be around forever i really like david johnson's prospects moving forward and i could end up you know keeping two two dollar players and and having 198 to spend at auction next year which would be huge
1: I, I mean, I think he's good. I really do think he's uh, probably uh, – I mean, Ellington's better, but as far as uh, – I, I expect him to be hurt, banged up, Ellington. So I think David Johnson makes for a really good option this year and heading into next year especially too. Uh, going to be a great keeper. Now, uh, Matt Forte going to face a much tougher test this week in the Cardinals. you expecting him to do anything close to what he did last week?
2: I think – That he'll still put up a pretty good game. I think his salary's in the seven thousand seventy five seventy seven hundred dollars range. Maybe I I do like I I do like him in. Of course, if it's a season long league, you're starting him as your RB one because you have to. I think there are some some cases where where you can tote him out there in daily just because you could see that last week against the Packers when it was a close game, they weren't really going to Langford at all. It was Forte on the field pretty much the entire time. I think I read that no other, or this is according to Pro Football Focus, but no other running back uh, had more snaps than Matt Forte did in week one. So I think just the fact that he'll be out there on every play, especially in a PPR format like DraftKings, I always try to look for running backs that are threats in the passing game. Mm -hmm. And Forte does fit that description. And I think he, he doesn't have as good a game as he does as he did last week against the Packers. He's historically been pretty well or done pretty well against the Packers, but I still think he's, he's worth a look uh, if you're trying to go for a more balanced lineup and don't want to take a leap of faith on running backs like Chris Johnson.
1: Patriots at bills. This is a pick em, over under 45. Now Gr- Rob Gronkowski, of course is a monster and had a huge game last week, probably won a l- most owners their week. Uh, that wasn't the case for me in one league. I don't know how I managed mm-hmm. to do that.
2: I also beat a Gronk owner this week.
1: That hurts. But anyway, uh, this is the week for me where I feel like you kind of have to fade Gronk at daily just given that price. And I think the Bills, you know, I think they have the talent defensively and the, the, the ability to scheme well against Gronk. Uh, I think they're going to really try hard to, to make sure he's a non-factor, make make Tom Brady go elsewhere with the ball. At seventy three hundred, are are you doing the same? Are you fading Gronk?
2: I in my initial lineup, I did have enough money to go ahead and throw Gronk out there. That's because I essentially had guys in my lineup such as Dante Moncree, forty six hundred, Terrence Williams, forty two hundred. I mentioned Chris Johnson at thirty eight hundred. So I had enough money left that I figured Uh, I just got to go for it with Gronk just just to be safe Uh, I I don't know of course Rex Ryan's pretty deceptive about who he's going to use to cover him what did he say King King or King Kong or some non-existent (laughs) fictional character typical Rex Ryan (laughs) shenanigans I guess you could say but I don't know I think uh, the fact that it's early on in the season and the Patriots are still out looking to prove themselves i mean they don't need to prove themselves but they're playing with a fire after the whole Mm -hmm. scandal and stuff i i I like gronk enough to play him maybe not in a tournament though i in, in a big tournament i might be looking for one of these uh smaller price guys to really to skyrocket and take established wideouts in my in my lineup
1: you know i can certainly see the reasoning and the patriots always play the bills well you know even when the bills are rolling like they are now It's a situation I think is going to be tough, though, and I loved how last week, you know, everybody was, all the talking heads are making Tom Brady out to be a victim here. I mean, come on, I I don't get that. I I get that, you know, maybe the the league went outside their bounds, and, you know, the, the league is ridiculous, too, but I think... Painting Tom Brady to be a victim and all this is just a little ridiculous. And I love that South Park took him down a notch last night. Mm-hmm. He broke the rules, rules, rules. It's pretty <laughs> I great. You gotta love that. Gotta, yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. Cartman as Belichick Brady and Roger Goodell. It's pretty Goodell. amazing. But yeah, that's perfect. What about LeGarrette Blunt in this one? Season long, somebody you're gonna throw out there against, against this tough Bills defense? I mean,
2: if you drafted him, I think he can. He's a serviceable RB2, but not somebody that I'm throwing out there with a lot of confidence. This is one of the tougher matchups that he'll see a couple times this year. So I'm hesitant, and I'm looking at my other options, but I think in a pinch he can serve as your RB2.
1: Moving on, Chargers at Bengals. Bengals three-point favorites at home over under 47. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you you put a note in in our outline here that you like the Chargers against the spread. I do too, Uh, even though, yeah, I mean, the Bengals – Looked pretty good, but that was against a bad Oakland team. Chargers, meanwhile, I mean, Phillip Rivers, really good game. And Keenan Allen, exceptional as well. Really like Stevie Johnson, what he's doing. Mm -hmm. I think he could be a nice fantasy option. But uh, 7,100 for Keenan Allen. You banking on a a repeat this week?
2: I think it's going to be tough for him to come anywhere close to week one's performance in terms of targets or yards because he's all of a sudden someone that defenses are going to be keen in on at this point. So I am a little bit hesitant to use him at 7,100. If I'm using him at 7,100, I'm trying... I mean I'm probably taking Brandon Cooks instead if I if if I can find a way to make that work and then continue to look down the line for options there. But no, I, I mentioned I like the Chargers against the spread. Oh my problem is looking at spreads this week. I like all road teams and I always hate doing that, picking all road teams. But mm-hmm. uh but at the same time, I, I don't know, I like the Chargers. I think they can get it done or at least make it a really close game on the road here. I, I like Philip Rivers and coming into the season, maybe some questions about his weapons, but both Keenan Allen and Stevie Johnson. Actually, I think Stevie Johnson might be the better uh, DraftKings play. He's Bally sitting around, play. yeah, he's sitting around fifty two hundred. So I, I think I would go with him before Allen and Daly this week. And of course, gotta love the backs: Melvin Gordon, explosive; Danny Woodhead, solid. So I think they got plenty of weapons there to take it to this Bengals team on the road.
1: Yeah, Danny Woodhead was a guy I had in in the, my Millionaire Maker lineup last week. Really, it was the reason I cashed. I mm-hmm. uh, didn't cash in a you know, prominent spot, but cashed regardless. And he's somebody that I'm probably going to go at again because I think he has a nice floor in PPR. I think he's going to be heavily involved once again. Probably, uh, you know, always a threat to, to snipe a, a goal line carrier too. So Did it twice that, last week, right? Yeah, exactly. So I think he's uh, – I just like these pass-catching backs, Shane Vereen, Ryan Matthews. These types because they're cheap and I think they have really nice floors. laid to stock up elsewhere with uh, elite talent. Fantasy football just got a whole lot more interesting. Week two, DraftKings will be hosting the biggest fantasy football contests ever, giving out over ten million dollars in prizes. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter the promo code Rotowire to play free for your shot at one million dollars in cash prizes in the week two play action contest. That's promo code ROTOWIRE for a free entry now with your first deposit at DraftKings.com. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. Uh, moving on to the late games on Sunday.
2: Actually, these next couple are a few more oh, early are these ones. early?
1: Yep. I yep. apologize. Uh, yeah, it looks like we got a couple more it's noon games still. I guess it's one Eastern. I always call them noon games here uh, in Wisconsin. But Titans at Browns. This one's even as well. Uh, which I understand even though I, I think I'd take the, the Titans by, by quite a bit here. Mm-hmm. Over under forty one and a half only. Looks like Johnny Manziel going to get the start. Uh, well,
2: Johnny Manziel, I, I guess I could take this as the Browns beat writer, but Manziel's prepping all week to be the starter. <laughs> snaps with the first team offense. But Coach Mike Patton did say today that Josh McCown will get the starting nod if he practices on Friday. So he's going through the league's concussion protocol. Um, and if If he's cleared and he's able to return to the practice field Friday, he'll probably be the starter week one. The real question is, is is do we even care? There's, I mean, if you need a deep, deep flyer and Manziel starts maybe in a tournament, but I'm not doing it with a whole lot of confidence. There's not too much to like here from a fantasy standpoint outside of Mariota and I would say the Titans' defense on the other side, even on the road against that type of quarterback situation and outright lack of exciting skill position players.
1: Yeah. It is largely moot for fantasy purposes. I, I don't see anybody in this Browns team that you can justify starting. Maybe mm-hmm. Duke Johnson if you're absolutely desperate in a PPR, but even then I think you're uh, really reaching. I don't like anybody in this team.
2: Yeah, you got to be in a 16-teamer for a low and flex. Too. I think maybe Isaiah Crowell just because uh, I think he'll he'll have a – He'll be better on a week to week basis than he was week one. The Jets are a pretty tough run D, mm-hmm. and uh, that that offensive line is excellent. And if they do, if the real question is if the man, offense manages to get in the red zone, then maybe Crowell will get more involved. But not really expecting huge performances from any of those receivers or backs uh, in essentially in the near future. I, I, they're probably probably the lowest owned team in all of fantasy, I would guess.
1: I would hope so. Uh, are you buying into Bishop Sankey at all? I kind of am. I mean the the yards after contact are, are what's particularly impressive and heavily involved really uh did a good job you know endearing himself you know to the coaching staff with his performance last week. I think he's going to be heavily involved, probably catch some passes, get some goal line looks too. I, I think uh especially with with Mariota there uh, having a mobile quarterback really helps the run game. I think he could be in for a uh, season that a lot of people didn't see coming at all
2: yeah i enjoyed sankey as a well i think he, there's a lot of room for profit taking him in drafts because one you've got all the owners that drafted him way too high last year got absolutely burned by that mm-hmm. and and two just uh you know Earlier drafts, that was before David Cobb went on the IR, and and then people saw them bringing in Terrence West, so there are doubts. But I think Bishop Sankey's a depending on the matchup is is more than a viable RB two for the reasons you mentioned the the quarterback possibly opening up more running lanes, and again the the Browns' run defense uh, a little bit shaky last week gave up two touchdowns to Chris Ivory, so Sankey's an excellent play, I think.
1: Falcons at Giants, Giants two and a half point favorites at home, over under fifty one and a half. Second highest over-under of the week. I think this is one where you start pretty much all your guys. I think Julio Jones didn't practice Thursday, but head coach Dan Quinn says he has no doubt Jones will be able to play in week two. Uh, Pretty much the number one or number two wide out any way you look at it. I think this is one where I'm liking Tevin Coleman in this one, but... In PPR, I think it's hard to justify starting him just given the the floor. Would you agree? Because he doesn't—he's not heavily involved in the passing game at all. Yeah, but I think
2: against this Giants run D that gave up several touchdowns on the ground last week to the Eagles, I, I think Coleman's a perfectly viable RB two. Um, and again, on, on the other side. I'm probably starting Rashad Jennings, too, as an RB2. I put him, I mean, Coleman, Jennings, Sankey, I feel like they're all in a very kind of similar group in that category. So I I have no problem starting any of those guys. Odell Beckham looking for a little bit of a bounce back, but he's going to draw another tough matchup against Desmond Trufant. I'm not saying bench Odell Beckham. You never want to do that. But at the same time, you maybe need to temper your expectations a little bit. But anyway, expected to be a shootout there in the Meadowlands. I I would just... uh, I'd start pretty much anyone that you can here. Uh, the only thing that I would watch closely leading up to day game day is the status of Victor Cruz, because if Cruz sits again, I think Ruben Randall would be an excellent daily play.
1: I mentioned, too, that I like Shane Vereen. I mean, he had like 10 points last week and didn't do much at all. I mean, he caught, I think he had like 60 yards and some catches. I just think he's a safe guy in his gut feeling, but I think he finds the end zone in this one, maybe on a little uh, wheel route type of pass play where uh, maybe he just, Catches it, runs for 15 yards and a score. I don't know. I like Shane Vereen. I think he's a talented back. Rams at Redskins. Rams three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road here, over under 41. Should this team be this this kind of road favorite against this? I mean, I get that the Redskins are terrible, and Rams coming off a win over the Niners, but do you expect the Rams to cover here?
2: Rams coming over a big win over the Seahawks, I oh, think. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, and and I think the reason for that spread is just uh, the Washington Redskins and the expectation that they will be terrible. I mean, I mean they were pretty bad. Uh, they... Of course, the Dolphins covered on the road against them last week, and I, I can see the Rams covering them once again. And if you really want to dig deep for a quarterback, maybe think about Nick Foles. He's only 5,500 on DraftKings, and he was able to make some uh, some some professional throws against that Seahawks defense. He really threaded the needle. I, the one, again, that one to Stedman Bailey, uh, who being covered by Richard Sherman, really comes to mind. So I don't know, not that I'm thinking of Nick Foles as some kind of spectacular quarterback, but I think he's taken his fair share of hits, bumps and bruises, and has learned from a lot of his mistakes that he's made, and you know it's hard to overreact after Week One. He had a great Week One, but I think the matchup here really, really makes it worthwhile. And you at least have to think about it. I think Nick Foles is an, an excellent QB two in a in a two quarterback format at this point for the rest of the season. Even
1: now, we'll get to the afternoon games here: Dolphins at Jaguars. Dolphins seven point favorites on the road. Over under forty one and a half. Tough matchup for TJ Yeldon. A lot of work last week, but you know, lackluster results here. Uh, are you starting Yeldon this week?
2: There's one league where I pretty much punted running. Well, there's a league where I took Jamal Charles and then pretty much uh, sat set on running backs for the next like eight to ten rounds. Mm-hmm. So uh, I am stuck. Or maybe not that far because I wouldn't have been able to get Yeldon in the first place. So I am uh, starting. Or I am starting TJ Yeldon as an RB two but I'm not doing it with a ton of confidence. I'm just looking at that league right now just to see. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm not going to start Darren McFadden over him. My other option is Ronnie Hillman tonight, and uh, that's tempting, but neither of those are good enough for me to bail on my RB2 this early in the season. I think I'm just going to toss Yeldon out there. Hopefully, maybe they get a big play and get into the goal red zone territory and Yeldon can punch it in. So, again, starting him as an RB2, but not with a lot of confidence, and if you have other options, you have to consider them.
1: Yeah, I have a dilemma where it's Yeldon versus Legarrett Blunt. I feel like I'm gonna uh, probably lean Yeldon just given uh I mean tough matchup here too, but I I really hate that matchup for, for Blunt. Mm-hmm. And I think Yeldon you know, who knows? I mean, I just don't trust Belichick. You know, maybe he maybe he keeps Deion Lewis involved, uh, more so than uh more so than Blunt. I mean, I think Blunt's gonna be heavily involved, but maybe he's just not Uh, doesn't take on the everyday, uh, or not the everyday, but every down roll right away after that suspension. But we'll move on. Ravens at Raiders. Ravens, uh, seven-point favorites uh, on the road. I actually expected it to be a little little more Mm -hmm. uh, favorites, but over under 43 here. This is one where I mentioned I like Justin Forsett to bounce back in a big way. Ravens. Raiders run defense pretty bad. Anybody else on this Ravens team that you like as a fantasy option this week? I I mean,
2: not particularly. Steve Smith's very risky. Uh, even Justin Forsett, he's probably going to play, but he is dealing with a shoulder yeah. injury and was limited at practice on Wednesday. So uh, I'm, I'm continuing to refresh the page because sooner or later we'll have an update on him as soon as that injury report comes out. So that's worth taking a look at. Uh, so maybe a little bit hesitant there. Uh, as far as the Raiders go, I'm not really starting anybody there with confidence. Uh, Latavius Murray, I think you have to start uh, a, a little bit, uh, even though the or the Ravens held the Broncos' backs, both of them in check last week pretty well. But, I mean, Latavius Murray, if you drafted him, you're pretty much relying on him every week. But especially, like, if Matt McGloin starts that game, do you really want to start Amari Cooper even?
1: I, I wouldn't. I'm Well, that's the thing. It's a situation, too, where you probably drafted him so high that you can't, can't really afford to take him out, but I'm not expecting him to do a Mm -hmm. whole lot. Uh, Yeah, I mean, Derek Carr, even if he goes, I mean, who knows if he's going to be able to, you know, going to be at at full strength with that hand injury, and he's just not very good anyway. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think uh, the Raiders' offense as a whole is going to be one where, uh, you know, you're going to be frustrated if you're an owner of any of these guys because Murray even uh, workload should be there. But I've mentioned before I'm not a huge believer Uh, and I think this is going to be another tough matchup for him. Cowboys at Eagles. Eagles five-point favorites, over-under 55. I mean, huge over-under. I do expect this to be a blowout, even with Dez Bryant out for the Cowboys. And I am. You mentioned Sam Bradford's price. I'm going to be all over him again this week. Mm -hmm. He he was a little disappointing last week, but should have had that second touchdown to Jordan Matthews.
2: Yeah, if that Jordan Matthews touchdown counts, I think uh, you see Stafford, geez, what am I thinking, Bradford at a much higher price this week. Maybe not a much higher price, but at least a few hundred dollars higher. And his price has remained pretty stagnant since last week. So I think one of these weeks he's going to go off for four touchdowns and 400 yards, and it could very well be against this Cowboys defense that's down a man in the secondary in Orlando Skandrick for the year. I think the Eagles, because of their pace of play, are going to see a lot of the highest over-unders of the week. But if he had to pick a must play out of this game. Now maybe I'm being a little bit bold with this, but Terrence Williams sitting at 4,200 on DraftKings. He was, uh, I mentioned he was in my lineup earlier, and he's going to be in just about every DraftKings lineup I do this week, uh, whether it be Millionaire Maker, Cash Games, anything, because his price is is so cheap for somebody that should be getting a dozen or more targets in this game, especially with Des Bryant out. Now do I worry that some of those Eagles cornerbacks are going to key in, maybe double cover Williams? Yeah, a little bit, but if they if a team goes all in like that, Then they're going to have to really worry about Jason Witten over the middle there. So that's a risky play to do. And I think Williams, not only to move the chains, but to get potential deep balls. So uh, he was our top, when Eric and I did this podcast on Tuesday, he was our top wide receiver, potential free agent to look at to see if he was available. Surprisingly, he was available in about 40% of leagues when uh, when we were looking. uh, I'm not sure why that was but if you're looking for a hole to fill this week and it's not too late take a look at Terrence Williams just to see if he's still out there because I think with Des Bryant's prognosis looking less and less optimistic every day he's going to become a, his value has just been skyrocketing since then so yeah yeah definitely like Williams a lot more than someone like Cole Beasley or Gavin Escobar or Devin Street in that offense so uh, going with Williams big time for the Cowboys.
1: Yeah, I I love Williams here, and especially because I I really think Romo is great. I, I mean, he looked excellent last week. A lot of open, a lot of open receivers, but he was on point with everything. And Williams, even with the high ownership here, this might be a case where uh, this price is just too good to pass up. Because I'm with you, he's going to be uh, a PPR stud here. I'll straight, say this for season long owners. Uh, not so much a daily consideration even though he might play this week but Bryce Butler they just got him from Oakland Hmm. big big fast guy Uh, you know he's underachieved and the fact that the Raiders are willing to trade him for a couple late round picks a bit troubling but I think he could emerge as maybe a their number two option while Dez is out but we'll see in in a matter of weeks here moving on Seahawks at Packers Packers three and a half point favorites at home over under 49 we got to wrap this up pretty soon here Jake but Quickly are you, are you fading Rodgers in this matchup at 83 on DraftKings? I I think
2: that there's actually room for profit uh, with Rodgers, believe it or not, even though he's the highest priced quarterback in the millionaire maker contest, but we talked about Nick Foles earlier what he could do there against uh, the Seattle Seahawks defense and that just opens the door for Rodgers. I think he throws for uh, two to three touchdown passes this year and with or this week maybe even more if they find themselves getting behind. This is a game that I will be attending. So just for nice. that just for that reason, I might throw Rodgers in some <laughs> daily lineups so I have something to root for. But uh, the low ownership plus the likelihood of multiple TDs, still probably no Cam Chancellor there. Uh, maybe stays away from Richard Sherman a little bit, but uh, plenty of other options there even after some of the injuries that they've suffered for Rodgers to have a big game. So I'm looking forward to that and, and using him because this is one of those weeks where the ownership won't really be all that high.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think he's he's going to be a nice option. He just looked so good last week. We take it for granted, but he was exceptional. Uh, one guy I do feel a little hesitant about is Devontae Adams. Do you think he's going to see a lot of Richard Sherman?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it really depends. Because, uh, you know, you think Randall Cobb's their best receiver, that he'll see the most Richard Sherman, but Cobb likes to so. line up in the slots. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, maybe fading... Adams a little bit because his price is still pretty low from week one because he didn't really do too much leading into the second week and and yeah if any if anyone there is going to have a big game again I'm looking more to James Jones or Richard Rogers those third and fourth options especially even without Cam Chancellor they're a solid defense there and you they're gonna have to go to some of these secondary options for Rogers which leaves a lot of room for profit
1: finally Monday night game Jets at Colts Colts seven point favorites at home over under 47 T.Y. Hilton did not practice Wednesday. He has that knee injury, but uh, told the media he'll be a game-time decision uh, on Monday. uh, Coach Chuck Pagano said there's a lot of optimism that Hilton will play, which is good considering it looked like he may be facing a multi-week injury, but you still feel good about a guy like Dante Moncrief? Yeah, I mean, in my
2: my Millionaire Maker lineup does have Moncrief. I'm just taking a leap of faith that maybe T.Y. Hilton doesn't play, especially with the original prognosis on Hilton. Pagano, of course, seemingly optimistic, but I I don't know if I'm buying that just yet. He could just be trying to make the Jets game plan for another receiver there. I'm planning on at least a one- to two-week absence for Hilton, and and I don't have any surefire information to do this. This is just a gut feeling based on the initial reactions during postgame after Sunday's uh, loss to the Bills, I believe it was. So, uh Moncrief at forty six hundred. Moncrief in my keeper league, I put out a twenty one dollar bid on him because if he ends up uh you know fulfilling his potential and potentially being the number one wide receiver there, then then there we go. And of course uh Jets are gonna have their best corner, probably shadowing Andre Johnson at this point, which should leave plenty of room underneath for Moncrief.
1: Feel good about Chris Ivory in this one? Um not as good as
2: I did in week one, but I still think he's a viable play. My problem with him is that his price in daily formats has r- rose too much, so that his upside's a little bit limited. In mm-hmm. season long, I'm still starting him as an RB2.
1: I agree with you. Well, thank you for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code RotoWire when you make your deposit for a free contest entry today. Also check out Rotowire free for 10 days by going to rotowire.com/pod for Jake Latarski. I'm Clay Link. DVR and Mario will be back with you guys on Friday.
0: Wow, you're actually wearing your hair down tonight. Yeah, because I finally decided that I love my hair. I figured out the solution for my morning frizz, midday poof, and even next day bedhead. It's Frizz E Secret Weapon Touch-Up Cream by John Frieda. Well, you
2: and your hair look flawless. Flawless and touchable. Feel. See?
1: It's soft, smooth ends, no flyaways, shiny. Well, I clearly need
0: to get some because your hair looks amazing. Frizz E Secret Weapon, only from John Frieda.